story one of the crimson gardenia and other tales of adventure by rex beach this librivox recording is in the public domain story one the crimson camellia part three van damme saw that which filled him with aching pity for instead of a girl he found awaiting him a frail sweet-faced old woman whose fingers were locked as if in prayer whose lips were murmuring the name of her son her hair softer and finer than silken floss was silvery white her wistful wrinkled countenance was ablaze with a glad excitement that made it glorious and holy that which caused van damme's heart to melt and to turn away completely however was the fact that she was blind she had heard his step muffled as it was in the inch-thick carpet and rose with a tender cry pausing with her arms outstretched her body shaken by an ecstasy of yearning emile emile she whispered and came toward him her sightless eyes were wet she was trembling terribly van damme experienced a desire to flee he tried to speak and to warn her off but as the feeble figure swayed toward him the age-old appalling tragedy of mother's love caused his throat to tighten then he took her hands in his his arms enfolded her she lay against his breast weeping softly gladly while he bowed his head reverently over hers had his life depended upon his speaking he could not have done it he merely waited with a sick feeling of dread the instant of her awakening he was vaguely surprised as moment followed moment and it did not come then he discovered the explanation grief had set her wits to wandering days and weeks and months of yearning had burned away some part of her faculties leaving her possessed by such a reasonless hunger that almost any object would have served to fill her want he had heard of demented mothers whose minds had been saved by the substitution of a living for a dead child and it seemed that this was a similar case for she was flooded now with a supreme content and appeared to experience no suspicion of fraud the touch of her fluttering fingers on his cheek was like the caress of butterfly wings her voice was soft her words though wandering were tender and filled with such a heaven-born adoration that his distress was multiplied this was her hour he reflected perhaps an all-wise providence had selected him to fill this part and to bring glory to her withered heart at any rate he would have been unspeakably cruel to disillusionize her he led her to a chair then knelt and bowed his head to her straying fingers murmuring those terms of endearment which cause a mother's breast to thrill when he looked up to madeline at last she saw that he was crying quite like a little boy from the disconnected words that fell from the blind woman's lips he began after a time to piece the truth together emile had been an only son a paragon of manly virtues the keeper of his mother's soul there had come a great shock and a great disgrace that had evidently conspired to unseat her reason she spoke indirectly of them as a child marked by some prenatal influence recoils at contact with the cause of its infirmity then it seemed madeline had come to watch over and to comfort her filling a son's place with a daughter's devotion there had been persecution want the loss of property through an enemy of whom the mother spoke ramblingly 
van damme recollected the dried-up villain in the closet down the hall and felt a flame of rage mount through him he longed mightily to ask questions to run the matter down without delay but dared not for he was in momentary dread that the imposture would be discovered so he spoke as infrequently as possible and substituted for words those gentle caresses and endearing attentions that are far more welcome to a starving heart madeline remained close by adding a grain of comfort and encouragement now and then and regarding van damme with a strangely bewildered attention but the mother was far from strong her excitement had wearied her and now with the relaxation of contentment fatigue stole over her she lay back among the soft cushions her restless hands moving more slowly her gentle voice stilled she dozed at last her face serene and beatific madeline motioned to van damme and he rose noiselessly they stole across the hall and into the drawing-room leaving the placid figure in repose she turned upon him saying doubtfully with every moment you surprise me emile you are not at all what i expected not at all the cousin of whom i have heard so much even in looks you seem uh, how shall i say it uh, strange are you pleased or disappointed ah pleased i feel that i must weep you are so brave and strong and yet so gentle so sweet perhaps only a mother recognizes the good that is in one that scene in yonder was very touching i can hardly credit my ears and my eyes it's plain you have a wrong idea of me i'm not at all a bad sort so i began to believe in spite of everything la it is confusing i'm all in a whirl she uttered a hesitating silvery little laugh that proved her embarrassment we must speak quickly he said i am also greatly confused you have opened up a great possibility for me madeline this whole world is suddenly different i think i am in love with you my little cousin she flung out her hand to check him crying no no i could never love you her voice was uncertain and he imprisoned her outstretched palm then with his free hand he removed her mask she made no resistance she did not even draw away from him his heart leaped wildly at the face he saw for it was more perfect even than he had imagined the eyes were deep brown the skin was smooth and olive-hued the lips were red and pouting with embarrassment she met his hungry gaze with a flaming blush of defiance then she smiled pathetically and without further delay he drew her to him and kissed her once twice again and again until she lay spent and shaken in his arms after a time she said wonderingly what miracle is this i have always hated you i hate you now when i think of the evil you have done i shall continue to hate you i hardly believe that it is very sad that this has come to pass it means nothing but unhappiness how so can you ask you a refugee with a price upon your head she shuddered and buried her face against his shoulder why have you made me love you it was fate my little witch if you will trust me all will come out right in the end but there is a great deal here that i don't understand for instance how come you two to be in want surely you know as well as i i do not but i wrote letters go astray tell me 
there is little to tell we hardly know ourselves except that we trusted in a good cousin alfred as you trusted he is a snake she clutched roland fiercely by the folds of his domino oh it is too bad that i did not know you sooner emile i would have saved you from those evil men for i am very wise but now you must suffer the punishment for your crime and i must suffer also it is hardly just is it suppose i told you um, i am innocent please one rosy palm closed his lips you must never lie to me even to promote my happiness no when a woman loves she loves blindly without reason regardless of her lover's unworthiness you have brought misery to me as you brought it to her uh, perhaps you will suffer as a punishment and why have you devoted yourself to my mother he inquired i love her i am alone in the world we are poor together cousin alfred has my money too you understand van damme was tempted as upon several former occasions to tell her the truth but a sudden idea occurred to him an idea so inspiring so brilliant that it brought an exclamation to his lips wait here for a moment he said and leaving her he stole into the library with an eye upon the sleeping figure he knelt before the safe and turned the knob it opened noiselessly and the sight of the close-packed cash drawer filled him with a tremendous merriment it was exhilarating it was godlike to be endowed with the power of restitution and retribution he greatly enjoyed the feel of the crisp new banknotes as he emptied the compartment and assembled the package into a bundle he was amazed at the amount represented there must have been twenty thousand dollars all in those smooth unsoiled ten-dollar bills evidently the old miser preferred lock and key to a banker's vagaries naughty alfred to rob widows and orphans well he had been warned of the danger of robbery van damme predicted apoplexy for the owner when he discovered his loss the girl was waiting where he had left her but when she discovered the nature of the gift he bore she drew back in amazement come come he said it belongs to you and felice but mon dieu i have prospered a lucky speculation a gift from the gods as it were you need have no hesitation in accepting it for it is yours and no one can take it from you not even cousin alfred she was still protesting when they heard the mother call this money another miracle madeline exclaimed it is wonderful i feel that i am dreaming but come we have overstayed we may be discovered at any moment he took her in his arms again and whispered his adoration i'm coming to find you madeline i have the power to work miracles you see no no if you care for me you must guard yourself perhaps after many years perhaps when you have shown yourself worthy and the world has forgotten that then she shivered at thought of the weary wait ahead of her her lips quivered pathetically there were many things he wished to ask her the hunger to retain her in his arms was almost unbearable but now that she had been reawakened to the perils of their situation she allowed him no opportunity she tore her lips reluctantly from his she held him off in an agony of pleading and when the mother's voice sounded a second time they returned in hand to the study 
there followed a touching farewell as the blind woman clung shakingly to the gentle impostor praying for his safety imploring him piteously to be a good man and to walk in the shadow of righteousness then came a lingering heart-breaking caress and once more the three were at the front door van damme seized the girl's fingers and kissed them while the look in his eyes brought tears to hers then they were gone and he stood alone in the hall of the house he had robbed he remained motionless for a time lost in a blissful intoxication was this strange new-born delirium love it must be it could be nothing else it was quite amazing utterly bewildering he had never dreamed of anything at all like it he felt a desire to cry aloud the news of this marvel he was melting with pain and gladness something inside him was singing gloriously at thought of madeline's deep wide eyes of her tender lips dewy with the birth of passion his muscles swelled and the whole world seems to applaud but it was so new so unbelievable the swift rush of this afternoon's events had left him in a dizzy whirl an hour ago he had been deaf dumb and blind but he had suddenly regained his every sense he was no longer blasé he was awake with yearnings and appreciations madeline had taught him the greatest secret of the universe madeline but who the devil was madeline van damme brought himself abruptly out of his reverie there had been enough mystery for one day now for the solution of this puzzle back yonder gagged and bound was a cringing human rat who knew everything van damme desired to know and who would talk if forced to do so raleigh decided to have the inmost details of this affair if it became necessary to roast the soles of cousin alfred's feet over a slow fire in order to loosen his tongue time had flown but there was a little margin left he hurried down the hall flung open the door behind which his captive lay then recoiled with mouth agape the closet was empty alfred he called alfred but his voice echoed lonesomely through the empty rooms not a sound broke the silence there on the floor lay the handkerchief and the two tasseled curtain cords he felt a chill of apprehension for unseen eyes were observing him he was certain with that vindictive little ruffian at large the situation altered each door might hide a menace each moment add to his peril the thought of that rifled safe and the consequences of discovery convinced van damme that this was no place for a respectable new york society man so he clapped on his mask and darted down the hall toward the rear of the house past the pantry and into the kitchen he fled his precipitate haste nearly causing him to collide with another masked figure that had just entered from the garden instinctively the two men recoiled van damme saw that the stranger wore a black domino like his own and that a white gardenia was pinned over his heart it was a twin to the flower that reposed upon his own breast emile he exclaimed with a start the newcomer swept his mask downward and simultaneously he conjured an automatic revolver from some place of concealment the face that he exposed was not pleasant to look upon for it was coarsened by dissipation and the eyes were both violent and furtive underneath his heavy passionate features however lay a marked resemblance to the blind mother who had just left yes i am emile 
he panted then with a snarl he raised his weapon until it bore upon van damme's breast and you are one of the gang eh here don't point that confounded thing at me it might go off roly brushed aside the mask from his own face explaining i'm not one of the gang i'm a friend emile eyed him intently before lowering his weapon i never saw you before of course not but come we've both got to get out of here indeed i came to see my cousin alfred it is a little call i promised him i know everything and believe me you have no time to lose how do you come to know so much demanded emile suspiciously and what is that with the muzzle of his weapon he indicated the waxen white flower upon roly's domino there's no time to explain everything but i know why you are here the old man has gone gone bah that is a lie i have followed him all through the city i've been to his office and they told me he was here i've a little matter to settle with him it will only take a moment i tell you he's gone who the devil are you anyhow i have no friends i am madeline's fiancée van damme said boldly another lie she has no fiancée the speaker's face darkened if she marries any one it shall be me an unfamiliar pang smote van damme suddenly but he disregarded it don't be a fool he insisted i know why you came here but you're too late your mother and madeline were here too a moment ago here exclaimed the youth incredulously yes alfred heard you were in the city and he planned to ambush you i tied him up and threw him into a closet then i robbed his safe and gave the money to madeline and your mother emile's face was a study at this amazing intelligence when i came to look for the old fellow a moment ago i found he'd escaped i don't know where he's gone that's why we'd better cut and run for it before he sets up an alarm run emile shook his head i have been running with the black wolf at my heels i thought they had me cornered more than once they're after me now the whole pack do they know you're here i dare say they were right behind me he cursed violently and to think that i missed cousin alfred after all you had no business in the city you must get out again it's too late now why it's nearly six o'clock i could never get away before it's time for masks off nevertheless you must try van damme said decisively if you stay here you're lost we'll climb the fence at the rear of the next yard and slip out through the stableway emile pondered for a moment i hadn't thought of that it's a chance but you can't go with me i shan't allow it nonsense you don't know the wolf if i were seen it would mean the death of both of us very well then i'll leave by the front way now go van damme half shoved the young man toward the door thanks murmured the fugitive you seem to be the right sort if i live i shan't forget the next instant he was gone raleigh watched him race across the yard squeeze through the hedge then an instant later saw his form as he mounted the fence to the wagon enclosure where the spider had gone to his destruction earlier in the afternoon it was a risky route to safety he reflected but in view of what emile had said about his pursuers it was infinitely preferable to any other why he had helped the fellow van damme scarcely knew unless it was because of his sympathy for the underdog whatever the boy had done he possessed a reckless bravery that was commendable and he still held his mother's love raleigh was about to close the door when he saw a second man in a long black domino briefly silhouetted upon the fence then he heard a whistle 
the fellow dropped over into the tracks of emile leaving the new yorker amazed at the apparition a sickening fear clutched van damme but he knew it was useless to cry out could it be that he had sent the young fellow to his death when a moment then another had passed with no sound from that quarter he closed the kitchen door and retraced his steps swiftly to the front of the house as he came to the library entrance he found it closed and from inside he heard a tinkle as if a telephone hook was being violently agitated inclining his ear a low agonized voice came to him le duc again why haven't you sent the police robbery my cousin emile murder me god above they are slow he will escape van damme tried the door it was locked then he called sweetly alfred my dear cousin alfred the voice at the telephone ended in a shriek there came a crash as the instrument fell from the old man's fingers so the police were on their way escape then must be but a matter of moments with his heart pounding van damme stepped into the drawing-room and reconnoitred from a front window what he saw did not reassure him particularly in view of emile's words for directly opposite he beheld a masked man in a black domino who looked very like the black wolf scattered up and down the block were others all idling about in a seemingly objectless manner evidently the house was surrounded he dared not risk the back way after what he had seen he could not remain from the library again came that faint frantic tinkling van damme dropped his mask tore the flimsy robe from his back and strode to the front door under any other circumstances he would have preferred to remain and to take the consequences but for madeline's sake he dare not risk an explanation to the police besides how could he explain that twenty thousand dollars in clean crisp ten-dollar notes that she had in her possession he flung the portal wide stepped out then turned and bowed as if to someone inside good-bye he called cheerily had a delightful afternoon the door closed with a click and he was in the open air he extracted a cigarette from his jewelled case noting from the corner of his eye that with one accord the maskers were closing in upon him descending the steps he turned to the left walking briskly his one chance now depended upon whether these men knew emile by sight if so he felt that he was reasonably safe if not he was approaching two of them they separated to let him pass between from beneath their fatuously smiling masks he saw eyes staring at him curiously the flesh along his spine crinkled and rippled but he did not turn his head or falter even when he knew that they had halted he could feel the puzzled gaze of many eyes upon him and imagined the mystification his appearance had excited in the midst of their indecision there sounded the faint clamour of a gong it grew rapidly until with wild clangor a patrol wagon reeled into the street and drew up in front of the house van damme had just quitted he turned as a half-dozen blue coats tumbled out of it and rushed up the steps incidentally he saw that the black-clad figures were melting away in various directions raleigh did not wait to observe what followed he turned the first corner then quickened his gait at the next corner swinging once more to the left his pulses were jumping his ears were roaring he found the muscles of his jaws were aching from the strain a close call surely 
but he had come through it all safely he was whole and on his way out of this mysterious neighbourhood once more his promptness and resource had saved him here was the very street up which he and madeline had fled yonder was the entrance to the blind alley that led into the stable-yard he noticed that a little crowd was congregated there many of its members in the same costume of merrymakers he reflected that emil might have found their presence awkward in making his escape they seemed greatly excited or shocked over something he noted as he approached they completely blocked the alley entrance in among them he forced his way then paused staring down with startled eyes at what he saw a babble of voices smote his ears but he heard nothing he was elbowed aside but his gaze remained riveted upon the body of a man in a black domino it lay sprawled in the dirt and covering the face was a mask which smiled placidly up at the beholders on the left breast was pinned a solitary gardenia crimson with blood it had been pierced with a dagger and out of it had trickled a bright red arterial stream van damme continued to stare at the gruesome sight while his wits whirled dizzily why it was but a moment ago that this boy had left him in the full flower of his youth the body was still warm it seemed inconceivable that the grim reaper could have worked this grisly change in so short a time how had it happened he recalled that sombre figure as he had seen it scaling the fence he recalled that warning whistle at the memory he turned sick was it possible that he had been to blame for this he shook the notion from him reflecting that emile's fate would have been the same or worse had he chosen any other course a rest he knew would have been no more welcome than this raleigh felt a great desire to shout the truth at these people who stood about so stupidly he longed to set them on the trail of the black wolf and his pack but he refrained how little he really knew after all who was the black wolf who was this emil what had the young scapegoat done to place himself not only outside the law but outside the good graces of those conspirators what intricate network of hatred and crime was here suggested the desire to know the truth overcame all thought of his own safety so he began to question those around him heedless of the fact that he was being hunted in this very block the crowd was growing an officer returned after sending a call for an ambulance and began to force the people back van damme discovered a voluble old woman evidently a shopkeeper who seemed better informed than the others and to her he applied himself do i know him indeed she cried shrilly in answer to his question and who should know him better than i emile le duc a fine boy sir of the very best family think of it to be murdered like this ah that's what comes of a bad life sir but right at my own doorstep as you might say and in the light of day well well what can you expect he must have been mad to return with the whole city knowing him so well she was greatly excited and her voice broke under the stress of her feelings it doesn't help the neighbourhood you understand to have such things happen she ran on although nobody can say it's not as quiet and respectable hereabouts as the next place you've noticed as much yourself i dare say nothing ever happens a misfortune to all of us i call it why it's barely two hours ago that they brought a poor fellow out of this very alley with his head lolloping around like a ball on a string he fell and hurt himself i hear although he looked perfectly dead to me 
think of that two in one day oh it doesn't help the neighbourhood although there's nobody in the whole block as would do another injury unless it might be that poor boy's cousin the old rip who lives in the fine house through yonder he's a bad one far worse than emil if i do say it who never speaks ill of my neighbours and there's others besides me who'll be sorry it isn't him instead of the young man who lies there with a hole through his ribs why i thought he was some masquerader up to his carnival pranks or drunk perhaps until i noticed him all over blood van damme drew the speaker into her shop which was near by then handed her a banknote come i want you to tell me all you know oh a detective eh not that i wouldn't tell you all i know without this ten dollars is it peace and love you are generous well then he has stood right in your tracks in this very store many's the time law what a lad he was nothing bad about him but just reckless we used to think of course that was before we learned the truth what do you mean you must be a stranger why the whole world knows the scandal it made a commotion i can tell you but the poor lad he's paid for all his evil deeds why sir he was dead when he walked out into the street he must have been a corpse even when i took him for a merrymaker strange things do happen on these carnival days they must have finished him with one stroke Ugh! they whom do you mean the old woman winked and wagged her head sagely oh you'll never learn who but we know you think the gang was broken up when emil went to prison but where do all these counterfeits come from eh? answer me that there's not a week goes by that one of em doesn't find its way into my store they're perfect or nearly so it would take a bank teller to find a flaw i'm always frightened to death till i work them off again for all i know this very ten-dollar bill you gave me is bad but i'll risk it some people don't seem to mind them at all and so long as there's a chance to get rid of em why i don't object but that's how it all came about through counterfeit money sir they used a meal for a cat's paw so i've heard but when he was caught they let him take his punishment it was his cousin alfred leduc who got him to confess under promise of a light sentence they do say the old rascal fooled him into it for what reason nobody ever knew anyhow they sent emil away for ten years he threatened to turn state's evidence and perhaps he would have done so if he hadn't escaped ah so he broke jail exactly and they've been hunting him ever since with a reward on his head and all the time the counterfeits are still coming in and the police are as far from the truth as ever poor boy there he lies dead with a flower over his heart and i saw him fall this will kill his mother she's blind you know and very feeble he has a cousin madeline i believe raleigh ventured ah then you know her a blessed angel with a face like a picture and a heart of pure gold hark the old lady listened uh, there go the clock striking six that means masks off and the end of the carnival too bad too bad and emile with a flower over his heart like one in a dream roland van damme emerged from the foreign quarter into the broad reaches of canal street he had been gone nearly three hours the pavements were strewn with confetti and the litter of a mardi gras crowd but nowhere was a masker to be seen directly ahead of him loomed the grunewald a splendid tower of white brick and terra cotta inside were his friends awaiting him perhaps 
he realized with a sinking sensation that eleanor bannerman was among them and that he had asked her to be his wife what a change three hours had brought to him why in that brief interval he had lived through all those very emotions the existence of which they had both denied earlier in the day life had opened for him and he had seen it in the raw on his hands was the blood of a fellow-man on his lips the fragrance of a kiss that set his veins afire i say raleigh where have you been miss bannerman's strident voice demanded as he entered the cafe bless my soul exclaimed her father waving his prospective son-in-law to a chair with a pudgy hand we thought you were lost in the tall grass you miss tea but you're in time for a cocktail eleanor is quite cranky if she misses hers beastly stupid place don't you think miss bannerman inquired of her sweetheart oh i haven't found it so raleigh said with a sigh of relief fact is i've been quite entertained you have such absurd taste a dash of absinthe is mine if you please waiter papa has ordered the car attached to the evening train and we're dining aboard what do you say to pinehurst and a week of golf raleigh felt a sudden distaste for pinehurst for golf for all the places and people he had known lovely he managed to say then summoning his courage i'll join you later perhaps sorry to break up the party but i've a little business here that will take a day or so business you how funny exclaimed eleanor too bad her father said it's bloomin hot here and the flies are awful the others joined in commiserating the young man when they arose to go upstairs and prepare for the train raleigh fell in behind them with miss bannerman see here eleanor are you sure you love me he asked she lifted her brow slightly not at all what put such an idea into your head you're a charming boy even if you are a bit romantic but love i thought we understood each other i've been thinking something unusual for me and i don't believe we're either of us quite ready to take the fatal plunge how does it strike you i'm in no hurry miss bannerman said indifferently let's call it off for the present we can try it on again in the autumn if we feel like it mighty sensible of you van dam told her with relief oh that's all right don't let this keep you away from pinehurst however the season's nearly over and we'll need you for a foursome she extended her hand and van dam took it gratefully her father called from the elevator see you in a few days raleigh good luck with your business and don't take any bad money mr bannerman's use of slang was neither brilliant nor original but he was chuckling as the car shot up out of sight van dam hastened to the desk and called for a city directory then ran through it to the l's la le ah there it is le duc felice widow residence two forty seven bull street he made a note of the address then settled his hat upon his head lit a cigarette and walked jauntily out into the evening and turned toward canal street it was growing cool the street lights were gleaming long rows of them were festooned for blocks in all direction blazing forth in fanciful designs in a short time now the rex parade would be under way with its countless floats depicting the age of romance romance indeed smiled mr van dam contentedly why this was the age of romance 
something recalled mr bannerman's parting words to him bad money the young man paused abruptly bad money what a coincidence he pictured a safe sunk into a library wall an open cash drawer jammed with neatly pinned packages of crisp new ten-dollar banknotes then he recalled the story of the garrulous old shopwoman raleigh came to himself with a jerk he began to laugh good lord he said aloud i wonder if cousin alfred's money was counterfeit he was still smiling as he bought a white gardenia and placed it in his buttonhole end of story one part three